1: Start your countdown to the most delicious Sunday of the year at Whole Foods Market. The Easter in Bloom event is on. Experience it in stores from March 29th through April 11th with irresistible deals and delights storewide. Save on feast-worthy animal welfare certified meats like spiral-cut ham and boneless ribeye. Then add a flash of green to the scene with savings on organic asparagus. Too busy to cook? Don't sleep on their crowd-favorite catering. Find all of that plus source for good floral bouquets and more at your local Whole Foods Market.
0: Hey, everybody. This is Micah Burgess. I am a birth doula in Waco, Texas, and you are listening to Game Day Birds Not Balls. Thanks for joining me. I have got a really special guest with me today. I love, 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 love the interview part of what I do on my podcast. And so I have a local OBGYN in the studio with me today, Dr. Michelle Manning. Say hey. Hey, everybody tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: All right. My name is Michelle Manning. I'm an OBGYN in Waco, Texas, as Micah said. I am a local girl. I grew up in Waco, um, graduated from Lorena High School, and um, went to Baylor University, um, moved to Houston for med school, and University of Alabama at Birmingham wow. for residency, which was really fun. Um, and it Great training. Uh, my husband's an anesthesiologist, so we did residency together. Mm-hmm. And then, as quick as I could, I came home, and I've been working here f- since 2005. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. Family. Uh, like I said, I have my husband. He is met the love of my life in medical school, and mm-hmm. we got married uh, about three months before we started residency.
0: Wow.
2: Whereupon we both worked 120 hours a week. <laughs> Uh, it's like for, for the great first way to start a marriage. Yeah. <laughs> well, it makes your honeymoon period a lot longer because you only see each other about every third night. There we go. Yeah. So, um but we I mean, we survived it. We got stronger and and it was good. And then um about mm, it was February. We were supposed to move back to Waco in July, we had our first baby. That's a story I'll have to tell you in a minute. I want to hear it. So we have a 17 year old son and a 14 year old son and a 11 year old little girl.
0: Okay, yeah. I knew about the boys. I don't know how I missed that you had a, a daughter. I oh my gosh! Two boys,
2: 11 year old going on 18, and, <laughs> and the boss of everybody. It's a
0: totally different ball game, isn't it? Uh, with the yes girls, ma'am. it's yes like ma'am. everybody talks about boys and how loud and rambunctious, but like they're so easy. Like just. T- Send them outside to play. Totally agree. Girls, it's not quite that simple. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. first time the two-year-old
2: crossed her arms and turned her back, Mm-mm. I was like, huh, <laughs> she's never seen me do that. She didn't talk to me for 30 minutes, and she was only two. I mean, oh my it's different. It's so
0: different. It's so different. I love that you said that. Okay, so I love that you're a really a Wacoan. Mm-hmm. So cool. So am I. I graduated from Waco High. Um, and so I love talking with people who've been here forever. Can you believe and get over the changes no just even walking downtown to come to the studio yeah. i was like look
2: at this this looks like a real downtown right? it's awesome i love it i've loved watching waco
0: grow especially i think over the last five years has mm-hmm. been amazing mm-hmm. it's really cool it is and do you find this to be true people either like when they come to let say baylor um and they go to school here you either absolutely love adore waco or you hate it and can't stand it. I feel like there's very few like middle ground people that are here. It's really true. And actually I was going
2: to go anywhere but Baylor okay. because I grew up in such a small mm-hmm. town, Lorena. I think I graduated with 77 people. And so I was like, I'm going to go to the northeast, and I'm going to go to Boston, I'm going to get all this culture. Mm-hmm. And then Baylor had the best scholarship and I was like, yes please, I'll take that. Uh-huh. And so I stayed. And my husband's from Dallas and he went to Baylor, but we didn't know each other during college and so when he left Waco he was never coming back and (laughs) so when we started dating and um it got serious he was like I'm never living in Waco again you just need to know that because my whole family's here like extended extended and um we, we the best job offer was here, and wow. it was more family centered than it mm-hmm. was make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Let's move to Waco." And I was like, "Can you sign something <laughs> right now? <laughs> and I'm going to hold you to it." And but we've been so happy to be here. Yes. We're not dealing with the traffic in Dallas oh and the God. cost of living. And right. anyway, it's been great to raise
0: kids. It really is mm-hmm. a great place to raise your family. Yeah, you're right about that. That's so true. Okay, tell me and our listeners what drew you to the OBgyn route yeah so I went
2: I always knew I was going to be a doctor okay. I was going to medical school from the time I was very young um, first of all I want to be a veterinarian but then I decided that was too many anatomy physiologies to learn mm. so I'd just concentrate on one just <laughs> be a human doctor <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and then uh, when I got to medical school, The classes that just drew my attention were the pharmacology of the birth control, Mm. and it just was fascinating to me how a woman's body could take this egg and Mm. the sperm, and then, like, there was this person and the way that it healed afterwards, and it just Mm -hmm. was very fascinating, and it didn't really translate into, I want to be an OB-GYN. I thought I was going to be a neonatologist. I wanted to take care of the itty-bitty babies. And did my first pediatrics residency. I was like, nope, this is not for me. I didn't like pediatrics. Yeah. I didn't like taking care of kids. Mm. It was veterinary medicine, right? They can't tell you what's wrong with them. And they cry yeah. as soon as they see you. I was like, this is not for me. God. And then I did my OB residency and I was just like first delivery. I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So cool. It, it's still, I mean, you know, you and I get to see people being born all the time and and it's hard to. Explain to people, this is kind of life-changing. I mean... Every time. Everybody should see a baby be born. Seriously. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you get so in touch with humanity. You get so in touch with miraculous. Yeah, it's Seriously. just a miracle every time. Every
2: the healthiest, time. most normal births are still just an incredible miracle. And that's 15 years in. And I don't even know how many hundreds mm. of babies I've delivered, probably thousands at this point. I'm sure it is. But I just think every time that's like, this is so cool. This mm. little person just became part of this new family and you see the parents' faces and it yeah. doesn't matter if it's their first kid or their seventh kid. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is ours. You know, it just, it's cool. It's a, it's a great job, it's, yes. and it's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows because my job is fabulous mm. until it's not, and then it's the worst. And yeah. so, you know, you get both parts of that. But either way, you get to walk women through these experiences mm. and try and make sure that they can process them good and bad yeah. um, in order to be healthy on the other side of it. So I really enjoy that part of it too, the lifelong relationships. Mm. I think
0: that's fun. That's so good that you had that because not every doctor wants that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's true. My husband doesn't. Yeah. It's like so he I'm picks in, something different. I'm mm-hmm. out. Like I'm done. Yep. But the continuing to see people, you know, they keep coming back mm-hmm. to you, you mm-hmm. know, because they love their experience and they want whoever was in that birthing room with their very first child. Like, yeah, can we recreate that? I want all of those people in there. Yeah. Um, supporting me. And yeah, you get to follow this family along and, and they're there. Not because they're sick. Right. Typically, Typically. I'm sure you have people, obviously, that are coming to see you for things that are that are wrong. Right? Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they're not sick. They're having yeah. a baby, which is...
2: Man. Yeah. And, I'm, and I really like it. You know, like, it's a small town, and so you get these, um, teenagers that I, you know, I'm seeing Mm -hmm. in high school and just kind of developing relationships with, and then they disappear for four years when they're in college and then they come back and I get to, you know, find
0: out that they got married. And then we go through those deliveries and it just is really cool. It is. It's super personal, very relational, and I'm so glad you're doing it. Okay. What do you think for women when they come and see you, they're pregnant What do you feel like their biggest concern tends to be surrounding their birth experience?
2: So I'm going to take that question in a sort of a slightly different direction. I think that every woman's anxiety is slightly different, right? So I don't think they have like one overriding concern. But what I've noticed, especially in the last 10 years, I think, Mm -hmm. is this deep-seated anxiety that it's not going to go right yeah, but whose definition is right yep. and so they're reading all this stuff mm-hmm. um, on these blogs and on Facebook and on the internet just mm-hmm. all these different places And it's like you have to do it this way or you're gonna damage your baby forever right mm-hmm. they're not gonna be able to bond or they're not gonna you mm-hmm. know their IQ is not gonna be higher whatever it is but right. there's so much information yeah. and so many opinions that are yes. very mutually exclusive right like you can't yeah. Be a good mom if you do this, but then you look on another page and it's exactly the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so there's this fear of messing up. I You're think so it's probably right. the the biggest thing I see. And, and traditionally, I think humans were meant to live in community. Yeah, and so our moms and our aunts and our grandma's taught us how to raise our babies, Mm. but we don't have that. And Mm. then COVID has separated everybody out even from their friends. And so the friends that would come over and help you breastfeed or tell you that it's okay that you're not sleeping yet, Mm. they're gone Mm -hmm. or they're just now starting to reform. So we've had this group Mm -hmm. of women over the last two or three years that didn't even have their close friends that could help them through that newborn part and that pregnancy part. So I think the fear of making a mistake or the fear of something being done wrong early Mm -hmm. on Mm is the biggest thing I see. Yeah. So I just try and remind, especially new moms, but even the other ones, you know what? This is your baby. Mm -hmm. This is your birth experience. This is not anybody else's call on how it's supposed to go, on whether you should have an epidural, on whether you should have a C-section, on whether you should, you know, this is your birth experience. You're the only one that's going to feel this. Mm -hmm. And so quit reading all that stuff. Figure out what you need figure out what's going to make
0: you feel complete, and then Mm. that's what we should do. Yeah. Because that's important. Absolutely. And when we talk to clients, I mean, one of the very first things I tell them is, okay, first of all, you need to trust your caregiver Mm -hmm. 100% with your life and your baby's life Mm -hmm. because if you don't, we have a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) We have a big problem, okay? So you have to trust your caregiver. Secondly, there's so much information out there, like you said, but beyond that, so many opinions yes. and soapboxes out there about the way mm-hmm. um, to do something. And I don't know why our society feels like that that's okay when it comes to parenting.
2: They're, very strongly. They you feel know, very strongly. It's important. It's like, important.
0: wait, there's so m- where I feel like our society, for the most part, about most things, is like, oh, gosh, there's so many options, y'all. And you can't do it. But not when it comes to this. It's like. Mm-hmm. People really do believe there is a way, a certain way. And like you said, and you're going to you about it, it. <laughs> up if you don't do it that way. So we encourage our clients, hey, listen, you need to really shorten your list mm-hmm. of people that you want to listen to in this process of pregnancy and childbirth, maybe even on into postpartum and breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And those need to be the people that you see in your life and you appreciate what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You see some results and you like Um, how that shows up on them and what their kids are like or how they're parenting or whatever. Pick their brains Mm -hmm. about what they're going to do. But just randomly Googling something is really not going to benefit you.
2: I had one girl that was trying to read four different OB books, like four Mm -hmm. different pregnancy books. And she she was like, I'm getting behind on my reading, and I haven't gotten into the seventh month yet because I've only read the sixth month and two of the oh books. Gosh. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, take a breath. <laughs> Pick one. Pick the one that mm-hmm. the voice you like the best of how they write, and then go with that. Yeah. And put the other three away because you're stressing yourself out. And yes. it's not supposed to be stressful. No. It's supposed to be wonderful and it happy is. and magical. And we just get so overwhelmed.
0: But you're right. I, How about let's talk to our – Moms a little bit more and ask them, and may- maybe they didn't have a great birth experience, right. and maybe they're not a great resource for you, or maybe they stress you out, which <laughs> is <It was just laughs> totally legit. But making it a little bit more personal, a little bit more—I um, don't know—I just keep wanting to say human. That computer is not human, and maybe a human wrote that article, but when you talk to somebody face to face. And yep. and can really get into the details about the questions that you have or hey, which way should I go? Then it becomes a little bit more real. Yeah. And not just but you informational.
2: Right, right. And I love research. Like I have patients come in that ask mm. some really great questions. Mm-hmm. I like the people that have researched and come in with questions instead of researching and coming in with answers mm-hmm. because there's that depth of knowledge that's different from a breadth of knowledge. So you can know oh. a whole lot about a topic. Um on the surface, but if you don't know all the physiology beyond that, the deeper layers, sometimes it can lead you to a wrong conclusion. So I love researchers. I love for them to bring all their questions in and go, Hey, this is what I read. You know, what do you think? Let's talk about this. Let's work towards a plan that we're both comfortable with, which I like that too.
0: Yeah, I do too. So do you find, I mean, again, as a birth doula, I typically see the same type of expecting mom in terms of the kind of birth experience that she wants now whether we end up going with that 100 percent that remains to be seen right it remains to be seen what your body's going to do what your baby's going to do and what your birth dictates right but sure let's shoot for that goal so Mm -hmm. i know the type that i see are you finding do you find trends like wow now now this is what women tend to want or is it still just a hodgepodge, and you just never know what you're going to get? You know, do you know what I'm asking? I do, okay. and I
2: think I think there you do see trends, but I think they're small. I think you okay. will always have that hodgepodge. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got people who want convenience. You've got people who want the most, the safest thing they can do. You've got people that want the most non-interventional. Mm-hmm. So I think you have that hodgepodge all the time. I think we're um, seeing an awareness that that our bodies were made to do this, and mm-hmm. so I have a lot of the kind of mid-20s that are coming in more with the, I kind of want a non-interventional birth as much as possible. We still have tons of people that want an epidural. We still have tons of people that want a repeat C-section. And again, all those are fine. Absolutely. It's what, you know, what
0: makes your world right. So. Absolutely. And we're actually seeing, it's so funny, we're actually getting more clients that they don't necessarily just want this all natural experience, no interventions. Like they, Hey, I just so you know, I will be getting the epidural. Great, okay. But <laughs> they still want our support there because right. they're scared out of their minds about birth, and I just yep. want a hand holder. You know, yep. I just want someone to yep. help me go through the process and to support me. Yes, physically, but then, you know, how should I be thinking about this right. when it happens? Not necessarily the advice upfront or the medical advice, because right. we sit, we tell them that's why you trust your caregiver one hundred percent, because they are giving you the med- medical medical no. advice, and we're there to encourage you that everything's okay even when it shifts yeah even when we've got to maybe cross a bridge you didn't want to cross it's okay let's shift our perspective because your baby's still going to be born today right and, and somewhere
1: and now a word from our sponsors Start your countdown to the most delicious Sunday of the year at Whole Foods Market. The Easter in Bloom event is on. Experience it in stores from March 29th through April 11th with irresistible deals and delights storewide. Save on feast-worthy animal welfare certified meats like spiral cut ham and boneless ribeye. Then add a flash of green to the scene with savings on organic asparagus. Too busy to cook? Don't sleep on their crowd favorite catering. Find all of that plus source for good floral bouquets and more at your local Whole Foods Market
2: when other. I tell moms, you know, <laughs> growing a baby to mm. delivery, that's your superpower. Totally. Like how it comes yes. out, mm, that's just part of the story. Mm. But the superpower is mm. that you made this kid, right? Mm. And so you have to be ready for those babies to make those shifts and those jumps. But I do think that the support person in labor and delivery, whether it's a doula or a mom or the mm. husband, who's right. a great communicator, yes. you know, whoever it is, I think those encouraging supportive people are what's going to keep people from having that kind of traumatic birth experience where they feel like they didn't understand what was Mm -hmm. going on and they didn't want what happened and nobody explained it to them. So I think that really strong support person, however it manifests, is really Mm -hmm. important for women.
0: Yeah, that is, you hit the nail on the head as far as I'm concerned, that our goal is a positive birth Mm -hmm. experience, less trauma. Now that doesn't mean there are not traumatic situations. There are
2: how you process it yeah it's how you you process Mm -hmm. it
0: exactly right exactly right um okay so talk about your birth experiences i would love to hear
2: well, there is a, an old saying that there's a nurse curse, right? So if you work in a hospital, <laughs> you will not have anything be uncomplicated. So I'm going OB, be, my husband's anesthesia. I was like, I'm never going to get an epidural, which was fully my plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got pregnant with plans to deliver a few months before we left Birmingham, like maybe two. Um, I think uh, John's birthday was supposed to be in February and I had come home to visit my grandmother who was on hospice and actually she passed away while I was home that weekend Mm. and so I was really glad that I was here with my mom and but I just felt kind of funny Um, and at that point I was it was November so I was 26 weeks pregnant Mm. and ended up my husband drove in um, from Alabama to come in for the funeral and we were watching a presidential election as I recall and I went I think I need to go to the hospital he was like why I'm like "Ah, I think something's wrong and he was like, you're an obstetrician. Is something wrong or is it not? And I'm like, well, if it's not, they're going to make fun of me because it's silly. <laughs> <laughs> but if it is, it could be really wrong. And he was like, all right, let's go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so they said, you're going to have this baby probably in the next you know, 24 or 36 hours. Wow. And I'm like, oh, well, I can't. It's very small. Yeah. Um, And it just so happened that the person that was on call that night was um, my uh, mentor mm. through med school and um college um are we allowed to say names on the program okay so it's Dr. Haskett yes and he saw that I was about to lose my mind and he Mm. was you know kind of wanted to click me back into doctor mode he's like you need to tell your husband what's going on you need to tell him what the plan of care is and so I had to tell my husband that we had a 50 percent chance of taking this kid home Mm. and a 50 percent chance of losing him and um what the NICU stay was going to look like and it was that was traumatic um Mm. so I was transferred to another hospital with a higher level nursery. Yeah. And we delivered our one pound, 12 ounce baby uh, 36 hours later with no epidural. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Not my birth plan. Um, but he was just had the best care. Um, he did great. It took us about three months to get him home. Mm-hmm. So we got him home and we're like, okay, we're never having children again. Like that was. <laughs> too scary I mean yes. we were on our knees every day yeah. just praying that God would let us keep this baby you know can we yeah. just keep him we'll take good care of him now he's 17 I'm like mm. I prayed for this baby he's gonna be great <laughs> <laughs> you gotta remind yourself that with teenagers but um but he's awesome and he's great and he just no problems I mean he's just a good kid and so we weren't gonna have more because we don't want that to happen again wow and then he turned two and we were like oh my gosh. We have to have a friend for this child because <laughs> he's very verbal and very active. So we got pregnant again. I ended up um, with a cerclage uh, to try and prevent that early delivery and bed rest for. Oh, wow. See, I went on bed rest at 24 weeks and got admitted to the hospital at 30 weeks and had Caleb at 32 weeks. Wow. And so we were like, oh, this is great. We only have to be in the NICU for two weeks this time. So we took him home and I said, um, I think I want to have, you know, I want to I have another baby. And my husband went. Mm, I don't know he went and I'm not helping you try for a girl I was like what what <laughs> said I'm not helping he goes if you want a third child I'm all in he goes but if you're gonna try for a girl mm. I don't want any part of that because I don't want you to be disappointed like every baby should wow. be celebrated you know I was like ooh, that kind of mm. cuts a little bit mm-hmm. so I had to go think about it yeah you did and it took me about six months and I came back and went you know what I really feel like three is the right number for our family I just want another baby he was like sweet let's go so that's amazing. We got pregnant. I got a Clash. I went to bed. Um, and Meredith, uh, she was a good little girl. Stayed put until thirty-seven weeks. Wow. Um, and was induced, and she's fabulous. And they're all healthy and wonderful. And really, the reason I do everything I do.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You. I'm sure we've had this conversation before, but my baby, who's now thirteen, was also a micro baby, mm-hmm. and uh, twenty-five weeks bleeding, no amniotic fluid anymore. They thought I was in your situation, like I was going to go into labor at any moment, got transferred to a different hospital so that they could care for him. But I stayed pregnant for two weeks. Oh, that's crucial at that age. Two mm, crucial. weeks with mm-hmm. basically no amniotic fluid, Yeah, essentially. Bed rest, of course. Um, but then ended up with an emergency C-section because I'm losing my clotting factors now. Ooh. and obviously, Dangerous. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to bleed out anyway so very similar but mine was last so i can totally understand what you're saying if it's the first one it'd be like oh hell no we not doing that like that is a big that's trauma Mm -hmm. it it has served me well i'm going to tell you both experiences um it has helped me be way more compassionate Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day i'm able to help these women process when they feel disappointed like My body failed me, or what did I do wrong, or they didn't let me, whatever it is, I just want to go, can I just say that when your child turns two, you will not look at this child and go, dang it, I didn't get the birth I wanted. Like, you're just not going to do that. They're here. They're alive. They're well. And so let's put this in the proper perspective. Yep. You know? No, I totally agree.
2: I felt very guilty for months and months Mm -hmm. after Jonathan was born that I'd done something wrong. And that was why he had come, knowing, like medically knowing that that wasn't true. But my mama heart was like, he should be inside. He shouldn't be where they're having to, you know, draw blood and all this stuff. And then with um, the other two, well, with Meredith, I went into uh, my cervix shortened at like 23 weeks or 22 and a half. And so I started bed rest a little early. But my thought was, what am I going to do here we're at peri viability, you know, wh- you know, what are we going to put this kid through? I mean, there's just so many questions. And then when she was born term, mm. and they got to put her on my chest. I was like, Oh my gosh, this yes. is so amazing. Yes. And so I think that, helps with the idea that every single birth is a miracle. So all these term mm. babies that people were like, oh, that was a healthy birth. I'm mm. like, you have no idea oh, how special good. that is, right? That's like so true. So important that that went well. So I agree. I think it's uh, really guided a lot of the conversations that I have with my patients. And I know when I put people on bed rest and they're not doing it because they come in smiling. <laughs>
0: because <laughs> bed sucks.
2: sucks
1: it
0: absolutely does 100 are you crazy you just put me in bed do you know who i am do you know that i, I got so Stuff much to do, do. Yes. like you don't live life in a bed but Nuts. like you
2: said, you don't look back and think, "Oh, I wish Mm-mm. I'd had two more months at work." You look back Uh-oh. and go, "I'm so glad I was yes. pregnant for two more months," or you know whatever the case may be. But yes. it does; it gives you perspective. So I apologize when I put people on better. So I'm like, I'm so sorry, but
0: so sorry, but <laughs> yeah, you
2: gotta. You go. can complain
0: to me. I'll listen all day long. I will listen but all day I'm not long. not changing what my uh, diagnosis is here. Okay, shifting a little bit. Do you have a I don't know favorite birth story or scenario? that you like just really enjoyed or you like telling this particular instance when you're at the dinner, it's just a, I don't know, just a fun lighthearted or even funny, whatever. Yeah. I have,
2: well, I probably have about three of those that I really like, but one of my favorites that just is kind of a heart, touching one is I have a patient who's had several surrogate pregnancies. Mm. So she had her babies and they were all healthy and she's a great pregnant person. Um, And so she wanted that gift for others. So one of the pregnancies The parents, I think, had lost four pregnancies prior to, like, their own. Like, mom had been pregnant, miscarried. Like, it was awful. Mm. And they were like, we can't emotionally go through that again. So now we've done the surrogate pregnancy. I've gone through this nine months with my um, patient. I've met the um, parents-to-be, and they've come to several of the visits. And so now we're in the delivery room. And so I've got my patient and her husband at the bedside. And then the warmer is over sort of against the wall in our delivery rooms and the parents-to-be are kind of there by the warmer Mm -hmm. and I just have a pattern that I follow with delivery so I you know delivered the baby and I held it up and I said it's a healthy boy girl I don't even remember what the baby was but Mm -hmm. held it up and my automatic you know reaction is to hand it to the mom that I've just delivered and so I kind of you know cut the cord and I went to offer the baby to mom, and she shook her head at me and met my eyes mm. and nodded her head towards the the <laughs> baby's parents, yeah. and I was like, you're right. And I turned, and the look on their faces as they are looking at this child that they have waited and wow. prayed and wept and just mm-hmm. desired with everything that they are, and it's being handed to them and tears were just streaming down both their faces and the mom just reached out her hands and you could tell she was like, I can't even believe that this is my baby. Wow. And so that, that is something that has stuck in my mind for a long time. Uh-huh. Uh, that was an amazing one. Uh, and then I had one where I was delivering a friend of mine, like we've been to wine nights, mm-hmm. you know, just a good friend. Yeah. And it was sort of a, one of those accidental blessing pregnancies mm-hmm. where it was a surprise at the end. And She was laboring and she went through labor great. And she's a little bit of an older mom, so she'd been really uncomfortable and hips hurt, back hurt. And I'm thinking, it's a really big baby. Mm. But I didn't want to say anything because I do not want to stress her out. So we deliver and the kid hits my hands and I'm like, holy cow, that's a (laughs) big kid. And the dad looks at me and goes, that baby's huge. (laughs) And little bitty mama sits up in bed and looks me straight in the eyes and goes, did you know that? (laughs) And I went, yeah, kind of. She was like, why didn't you tell me that? And I look over at him and he's like, thank you so much for not telling her that. Wow. <laughs> like it just would have stressed her out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that was just kind That's of a funny great. one where it was That's more personal. Uh, I, I mean, I love what I do. I love
0: being in the delivery room. And you're very good at it. I get to work with Dr. Thank Manning you. and she is one of my favorites. And so that brings us to. Your new up and coming big news, please tell everybody what's up. Yeah, I um I've been in a large group
2: practice for
0: all of my career
2: Mm -hmm. and love it, love those doctors, think they are fabulous. Um, But I am very chatty um, and my patient volume was getting really big and I didn't feel like I was getting to spend the time that I wanted to with each individual patient. So I am blessed in that my husband has a great job and Mm -hmm. I'm not a sole breadwinner. And so I went to him and said, hey, I really feel called to just do my own thing. Can we do that? And he looked at it um, and said, well, as long as you're not going to, like, retire. I'm like, I'm not retiring. This is what I love to do. (laughs) He said, yeah, go do it. He goes, you got to make some money eventually, but we can survive a little while while you get it set up. That's great. And so we opened Complete Women's Care of Waco on January the 4th. Um, One of my patients that I had seen before leaving my old practice called and said, look, I have an appointment with you on the 11th. Mm. I don't think I'm going to be pregnant that long. I really want to come in to see you so that I can... Um, Mm -hmm. deliver with you and so she came in and saw us on Tuesday morning she was our very first patient at nine o'clock opening day oh my gosh! and her water broke three days later and she was my first delivery with my new practice I know she's just new mom's just new yeah yeah and so yeah so it's a two exam room office I've got one front desk staff I've got one nurse both of whom are just fabulous personalities and I am loving it
0: oh I am so happy for you that you're really happy getting to do what you want to do and the way you want to do it and More personalized. Yeah. So tell people what they should expect, what they're going to get from you, your clinic, what kind of care, what do you want them to know about you? Yeah. So I see my role as a provider,
2: as an educator, as well as a physician, right? Mm -hmm. So women now don't need me to tell them what they need to do, Mm -hmm. right? It's just not the society that we live in. So Mm -hmm. I feel like my job is to keep up to date on what's the current technology, what's the current medical advice, because that changes, you know, with regularity. And just to be able to say, okay, here are the options. Um, This is what the risks of each one of them would be. This is the benefits. What do you think works better for you? So I That's feel good. like our relationship is a conversation where mm-hmm. I make sure you have all the pieces that you need to make the right decision so for good. your individual situation because so nobody's situation is the same. So I, f- I feel like it's a cooperative kind of an effort between the two of us. And I would say I had to sit down with some marketing people. They're like, we need your thoughts on why you're doing this yeah. and what you're doing. And so in that conversation it came out, I feel like there's like two tiers to um, this practice that I've opened so I want one of them to be built on that patient education really being able to listen to people and go why do you not think that's a good idea Mm -hmm. because I clearly feel like that's the right thing for you so
1: what's Mm -hmm, going on and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden
2: you'll get stories from people about why that's really not good for them and you're like oh well I totally understand that okay let's just put that on the shelf and like Mm -hmm. keep talking about these other options so I want patients to feel heard Good. Um, I want them to feel like they have the power. Our tagline is empowering women to wellness because I want yeah. them to feel like they have the information they need to make those decisions. And they have referrals to dietitians or pelvic floor therapists or counselors or yeah. whatever it is they need to make them well. Um, I want to be able to offer that. So that's the patient tier or okay. the patient peer, I guess. And then the other basis is um, I listened to a podcast from a um, physician named Sunny Smith, and she does empowering women physicians. Um, and there's part of the Hippocratic Oath that says that we promise to have the utmost respect for human life and its quality, and we mm-hmm. take that when we're our first year medical student. And she kind of twisted it and said we need to be to have respect for the quality of our lives we need to have the utmost respect for our life and its quality. And so I think medicine right now is very, it's changing all the time, clearly, Mm -hmm. but it's hard. And so I think a lot of times we have to pick as women, whether you're the nurse or the front desk staff or the physician of, am I going to be a good mommy today? Or am Mm. I going to be a good doctor? Or am I going to be a good wife? And I don't I want people to have to choose. So I want to create a space where people can come work because there are some incredible women physicians out there who want to be mommies and they want to be wives. Um, There's nurses who are getting torn. You know, I need these hours, but I want to do this. And so I want to create a place where people are able to do all three of those um, well. And so, so, you know, so we're not going to be as busy and we're not going to make as much money, Mm -hmm. Um, but we're going to be a little bit more fulfilled and we're maybe going to extend our careers a little bit where before we were going to burn out and quit at 45. Ooh, burnout's a thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing among nurses. It's a real thing among doctors. I mean, it's probably a real thing among everybody, but that's who I hang out with. So right,
0: right. The birthing world for sure, because of the whole (laughs) on-call scenario Mm -hmm. and you don't know when a mom is going to have her baby. And so Yeah, you don't get to decide all the time to be a nine to five. It's 3 a.m. a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that part can be challenging.
2: Right. But if you're allowed, if it's told to you that it's okay that you only do that three days a week, Mm. um, which I was told my entire career, I had fabulous um, male partners who were like, we get it. We totally get it. If you take a call, you can work three days a week. And that was really good for me. Mm. Um, And so I want to create a space where that's okay, and you can see the number of patients that you can take care of and recognize that you're not going to take home the same paycheck. But that's okay sometimes. Yeah, yeah, Mm. doing what you feel like you need to do. So that's what I want for my staff. That's what I want for my patients. That's what we're kind of based
0: on. So Complete Women's Care of Waco, empowering women to wellness. So, so great. Okay, so is that what – people are going to find you right they're just going to google complete women's care no maybe in about three weeks okay yeah i'm just waiting for my website to go
2: live facebook has it on there we have complete women's care of waco and hopefully they're going to attach my name to that soon because i've got some patients that are looking for me and can't find me
0: yes they've already reached out to me dr (laughs) Manning they're like micah where is she? And I'm like, okay, I I'm 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 in the process. I'm hunting her down, I promise. Like this all just happened. I will find her.
2: And I'm so happy that they're finding me. I really I do. I like my patients. So it's really awesome when I see a face in the waiting room because it's so small, I can mm-hmm. like look around the corner and see them. And uh, and go, Oh, you found us. And they're like, Yes, we did. So that's so great. Hopefully and we're gonna make it easier soon.
0: Yes. So if you're in the Waco area and you can't find complete women's care, you can find her on our site as well. My doula Micah and uh, Wago Dula, we've got, we featured her on our uh, Instagram a couple of days ago. So fun. So yeah, we we've got her information. If you can't hunt her down, we'll hunt her down for you. I guess so. that means I have to get an Instagram account, huh? You kind of <laughs> do. I mean, I just started, I'm like 50 years old, and I just started last year. Ugh. And, you know, it's weird. I'm sure my kids could set it up for me. That's it. That's, that is totally it right there. And then now it's the Mom, you gotta do more videos. Mom, you gotta get on TikTok. Mom, you need a new YouTube channel. I'm like, oh my gosh. like, <laughs> What is my life right now? This is so far removed from what I actually do. I'm just, you're doing what women do best and that is multitask. Oh my. Well, I, hopefully I'm doing some of it well. I'm pretty confident many things are falling <laughs> through the cracks, but hopefully um. Checking a few boxes that I'm doing a couple things. I feel like people are pretty happy with your services, so I think we're doing good. Thanks for saying that. Well, I have loved this conversation. I'm so, so happy, so excited about what you're doing and what you're offering. And yeah, if you are in the Waco, Texas area, please, please, please check out Dr. Manning and what she has to offer. She's amazing at what she does. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you her phone number. Yeah, go for it. You know Uh, So
2: our phone number is 254 two three six two nine two nine and that's cwcw complete women's care of waco and um our website's easy too it's www.cwcwaco.com perfect good and we'll have an awesome website when it goes up we've got uh, the starving artist is doing our um marketing and they have done a phenomenal job great so it's gonna be
0: good good looking forward to that too looking forward to that too thanks again for for having me me, micah it was fun Hey, thanks for joining me on Game Day, Birds Not Balls. You can follow me on my Instagram page at MyDoulaMica. You can also find me on WagoDoula.com. WagoDoula is on Facebook. And if you like what you heard, you can subscribe or you can find us on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Thanks for joining us.
2: This